Welcome to the Bright Vibe Podcast. At Bright Vibe, we believe everyone deserves to be happy. But in today's world, everywhere you turn, there is division and negativity. At Bright Vibe, we have created a global movement to bring 8 million people together who are inspired to live bright, live bold, and share bright vibes. Alone, it can be hard to change, but together we can change the world. Welcome to the Bright Vibe Podcast. So Steve Devon, welcome to the Bright Vibe Podcast. So happy to have you on today. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Well, I appreciate it. It's great to be here and I appreciate your podcast. I enjoy listening to it. So, so well, thank it, you. it's a pleasure. Well, thank you. Thank you. And, uh, we are pseudo neighbors now. You're an author. So you're an author. You're a journalist. You're uh, based out of North Carolina and I'm recently in North Carolinian. Is that what they right. call us? Yeah. No? That's okay. Right. Okay. That's right. <laughs> right. I, I'd like to think I'm just, you know, a, a person of the world, but I'm living in North Carolina with the family. We recently moved about three weeks ago. So I was, thought it was interesting that one, the title of your book is your midlife, the playbook for the second half. And that's a big part of the reason for my move. And so, um, so when I read that and then I realized you're in North Carolina, it's like, uh, you know, God always has a sense of humor in my life. And this is definitely, definitely one of those times. <laughs> where uh every podcast i do I, I always before as i'm studying and looking at stuff i always think okay what's this about why why is this in my life and this one was just like hit me between the eyes and was like oh okay this is why this one's in my life so you were a journalist by trade that's right that's so right. what kind of journalist were you well i started off as you know at small newspapers in north carolina and worked my way up to my hometown newspaper which is where I was born and raised and, and Fedville is, mm -hmm. uh, folks, Fayetteville is how yeah, most yeah, yeah, people yeah. say it. I, I noticed, I noticed your pronunciation. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's how you say that from North, yeah. here in North Carolina. You don't say Fayetteville. That's Arkansas. You say it, Fayetteville. Fayetteville. That's right. You went Fayetteville. I, yeah. When I first went to the paper, I covered the military. And so oh. I often had to call folks in the Pentagon Oh, and, uh -huh. and I would say, this is Steve Devon with the Federal Observer. And about half the time they would say the federal what? Uh -huh. And I'd say, no, 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 federal. And they'd go, where? And I'd finally say <laughs> near Fort Bragg. And then everybody would get it. Of course, you know, right, it's, right. it's Fort no. Liberty now. It changed the name, but yeah. The, um, so yeah, so I went there and then for 13 years, I was the managing editor at a religious publication, a statewide publication here in North Carolina. And I did that. And then. I left there and took a little time off and did some life coaching and some other things like that. And then I went back to the paper that was in like 2010, I think, mm -hmm. uh, 2011, maybe. So I, I covered several counties and health education. So I covered a, a kind of a wide ranging number of beats. So yeah, I've, I've done a little bit of everything and then. Before I left there, I was actually promoted and I was a local news editor and I did that for about a year. And then before I, again, right before I left, they insisted it wasn't a demotion, but the company was downsizing and they said they wanted to make my position back to a reporter or, you know, a writer. And I said, that was fine. Cause I really enjoyed that more than being an editor. So, right. So you've, you've written this book obviously called your midlife a playbook for the second half what was the catalyst for the book yeah that's a great question when i was in my probably late 40s you know still working at the newspaper you know one morning i woke up 
And man, I mean, I can see it in, in my head <laughs> now. I woke up and I sat up out of bed and I went like, man, I am sore. And I felt like actually I had done a workout the day before, but I hadn't done a workout the day, the day before, you know, and I kind of chuckled to myself. I said, I guess I'm getting old. And then like, I thought to myself, I guess I'm just going to feel worse and worse as I get older and older. Mm -hmm. And for a while, for several months, probably it was just such a terrifying, depressing thought that I just kind of put it out of my brain. And finally I decided I needed to try to do something about it. I started off with exercising, you know, mm -hmm. so I improved my exercise. Then I kind of uh, started eating better and then improved my mindset, um, or mindfulness. I became more mindful. I started meditating more. And so when I left the paper, I'd always wanted to write a book and I had like several different, you know, ideas in my head. And the book I wanted to write most was one that would help people. So I decided that I would catalog, you know, my journey, you know, how I transformed my life in midlife and do it in a way that would help other folks kind of use the general guidelines that I followed. Even though I didn't know what, no, I was following them basically at the time. But what were some of these general guidelines that you used? Was it mo mostly changing, start kind of like change your mindset around what age was? And then that kind of was a catalyst for starting to do different things in your life. You had this wake up moment that I'm, you know, an aha moment that I'm getting older, things are going to get worse and worse. Kind of what were those, that first step or the first of reversing that? Cause that's obviously a, a negative bias towards the future. How did you shift that? Yeah, I started actually with exercise and that was kind of a weird deal because I started, I hated to run. I hated to run. When I was in college, I had a roommate who loved to run. And so probably three out of four nights, he would go, Hey, Steve, come on, let's go running, man. And I would go like, dude, no, I don't want to do it. You know, I, I was at, you know, the, the old joke is, you know, if you ever see me running something or someone's chasing me, you right. know? <laughs> so, but what happened was my daughter was running in a 5k, it was a turkey trot, a Thanksgiving mm -hmm. thing mm -hmm. that a neighborhood near our house does, you know, and instead of paying an entry fee, you take food for the food bank. Oh, and nice. so, yeah. Yeah. And so she, she was running in that. And my wife and I went up there and volunteered, you know, like mm -hmm. I was a person who stood at the entrance to the neighborhood and stopped the cars and said, Hey, there's a 5k going on. So, you know, try not to hit anybody. And right. So, you know, that went fine when it was over, you know, we were all standing around talking and my daughter, whose name is Emily, she was there. She had just finished her race and out of the blue, for some reason, I still can't explain. I told her, I said. I'll tell you what, Emily, next year I'll run this race. <laughs> right. Right. And, and it, it was a, it was like an out of body experience for me. Because <laughs> I was like, why are you saying that? You know, Steve, right. you hate running. And, uh, what so, we do for our children, right? Yeah, what exactly. We, or what, what we think we do for our children that's really being done for us. Right. That's what I right. learned with having kids. It's like, I think I'm doing it for them. And ultimately I'm the one that's growing or learning. Right. Right. Yeah. And so the next year, obviously it was going to be in November, you know, around Thanksgiving. So probably about this time of year in August 
or so, I went like, you know, I probably ought to start getting ready for that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we had a treadmill at the time, you know, I said to myself, so here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna start the treadmill at, you know, walking pace mm -hmm. and I'll speed it up a little bit, see how fast I can go, see how long it takes me to run three, you know, three miles, 3.1, 3.1, 3.2, whatever it is. Yeah. 3.1. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And so we actually started walking and then I cranked it up a little bit, got to where I was jogging. And that lasted about a minute and I went like, all right. And I started back to walking and I managed, yeah, I managed to walk a mile. And so it started with, with exercise for me. And so I worked the way up and eventually my daughter and I ran two half marathons. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so Good for you, yeah. And I've run like, I bet I've run at least 55 Ks. Oh my gosh. And how long, and what type of time period is this then? Oh, well, it was, it was about nine, nine or 10 years ago. Okay. When, when it first started. Yeah. So, okay, so, so you're running five, five Ks a year almost. Or something yeah, like yeah. 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 I was, you know, the pandemic of course, put a, a kink yep, into right. all that. But what I determined was when, when I was starting to write the book, I said, I would like to help people because when I started, I had no idea. I just, mm -hmm. it, you know, I was flying blind, doing my own thing, just kind of learning as I went. And what I did, what I discovered was kind of the way I went about things. I developed kind of a, a framework that, mm -hmm. that, that I used and other people can use. And it's very simple. You know, it's start where you are, mm -hmm. do what you can and improve as you go. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, yep. So that's what I had to do, you know, when I was running, you know, I, I started walking because that's what I could do, mm -hmm. but I did what I could and I would walk some and I got to where I can run a, run a bit. And then, you know, eventually I'll be honest with you a couple of weeks before, before the initial 5k, I was going like, I don't think I'm going to do this. And I mean, I, I don't think I can do this. And my, right. yeah, my daughter convinced me and we actually went and ran the course you know, mm, a couple, mm -hmm. couple of weeks ahead of time. And so that let me know I could do it. And the book has a picture of me after the initial first race of mm -hmm. celebrating. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, I, I think I saw that on your website as well. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. didn't know that was your daughter, but you were holding your medals, I think. Right. That's the, right. That's yeah, right. And I did the same thing with nutrition and I still struggle when I had a book signing the other day. And one of the questions was, what was your hardest, you know, part of your transformation? I said, it has to be nutrition because I still love to eat pizza. Um, mm -hmm. My wife and I have a Friday night routine, you know, where mm -hmm. we watch a movie and eat pizza. And so, mm -hmm. but I said, did the same thing. I can't just jump in to do a radical, yeah. I'm going vegan, you know, right, right overnight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rough, rough entry yeah, into that. Yeah. 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 On the mindset area, I started meditating, which. Mm -hmm was kind of, I mean, it was a struggle for me really because I've got one of these brains that likes to chatter like crazy. And, and I was about to give up because every time I would start a meditation, even for 10 minutes after three or four minutes in, my brain was thinking about something totally different. And I would go like, what's it? Wait, what, where, what are we supposed to be doing? You know, <laughs> right. and, uh, but I heard a meditation teacher. And I wish I could remember who it was, but he said, most people struggle, but there's just two words that you have to learn. And that is begin again. You know, you get off track, you just begin again. You know, the other thing I grew up kind of in a kind of strict culture, 
And so, you know, it was one of those things, you know, meditation was like, whoa, you know, (laughs) right, right, right. Right. (laughs) But then it finally occurred to me is that meditation can be seen as a form of prayer. Of course. Yes. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that, that really helped me. And um, now I have kind of a morning routine where I, you know, I get up and drink a good bit of water. Then I come in here to my office. I read some, uh, I'm reading a book called The Big Leap right mm-hmm. now by Gay mm-hmm. Hendricks. It's a great example that you can read something and it kind of just not take hold of you, which is what I'm trying to get across with my book. You know, you have lessons, you read a book and you go like, oh man, that's great. You know, oh, that's great. I'm going to, yes, I'm going to do that. You know, a week later, totally forgotten about what you're going to do. So I'm trying to help folks relaunching my coaching business. And, and that's what I want to do. I want to help people institute the lessons of improving their midlife. Yeah, totally. You know, I think something you said was so critical in change. And I've, I've seen it myself and I've seen it in other people, but a lot of times when we go to change, we try to change so much so quickly that it's almost like our natural environment rejects the change. We reject the change because it's too much. Like I stopped working out for about a year and I started getting back into physical fitness about literally eight days ago. Uh, so eight days ago, right, right. Oh, and, but for me, it was cause I, I, I've worked out a lot in my life and had personal trainers for some of that and worked out on my own for some of it. And I know what to do, but I also said, you know, this time I'm not just going to jump back into the gym and go, you know, four or five days a week and lift heavy weights and be sore all the time. I thought, you know, I want to try it differently. And I've really literally walked into fitness, meaning so since I've you know, relocated, a big part of it was spending more time outdoors. So every day I'm out hiking for at least 45 minutes to an hour. So I'm hiking, but I'm just walking, right? I'm, and when I say hiking, I'm doing hiking trails. So I'm doing up and downs and elevations. I'll sweat through a shirt hiking, right? So I'm getting good cardio. And then I do either some type of strength, like just lifting some weights, body weight stuff, or I'll also, I've incorporated, which I had always resisted yoga. I've started doing yoga for the first, and it is... I found it to be quite wonderful. My wife even has been certified to teach yoga. She was, and she's taught yoga and she's a wonderful yoga teacher, but I had just not ever, I'd done it a couple of times. I'm like, eh, I'm just going to go lift some weight. I'm just going to go throw up the, you know, put the dumbbells on. Let's just do some more reps or let's lift something heavy. And, and I still think there's a lot of value in lifting heavy things. I'm not trying to downplay that, but I really like what you said, kind of start where I'm at, right? Understand where I'm at. And then just improve on that, not get crazy and say, okay, now I've got to work out this. And I did set up a fairly strict regiment of some things that I like every day. I'm going to do these things. I'm going to read. I'm going to drink, like you said, water. You know, I'm going to start drink. I'm going to make sure I'm hydrated. I'm going to read. I'm going to, you know, be physically active a couple times a day for, you know, a certain length of time. And I found that to be, actually, it's been fun and I'm not putting as much pressure on the change as I used to and what I used to see other people do, but especially myself, it would be, okay, I have to do this. I have to do that. And and now it's like, you know what, as long as I drink the water, as long as I do some type of reading, you know, for me, I like to study scripture either in the morning or in the evening and some, I'm usually both a little bit though, not hours, like minutes, you know, 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at night or 20 or 30. And I found that to be so much more 
in a way relaxing, but also enjoyable where before it seemed like an obligation. Mm -hmm. Now it seems like, oh, this is actually fun because I'm not trying to, you know, I did 45 minutes yesterday on the recumbent bike, but what I did was I had a business meeting with just my internal team. And it was like, I knew it was an hour meeting and I was like, oh, how am I going to get this cardio in? And I thought, you know what? It's on Zoom. I just set the laptop next to the recumbent bike and I rode for 45 minutes while we had our meeting and it was perfect, right? Because I was like, and they, thought they got a kick out of it. So it, it's just this, how do we train our environment? But how do we, I like what you say, it not just go from, from, yeah, from eating meat one day to being vegan. It's more of these, how do we improve, right? So remind me of these three things. So start where we are. Start where you are. Do what you can. Do what you can. That's what yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah because that. it has to have has to be action, you know. You have right. to actually do it and then improve as you go. And I think give yourself grace in that, right? Right, right. That's exactly it. That's and, and, exactly it. And to your point about doing what you can, it wasn't that you said, okay, I'm going to become a runner and I'm going to run five miles every day. And it was a progression, right, over time. Right, right. Yeah, because if you would have told me when I was first starting, that first night on the treadmill, or even that after that first 5K, <laughs> if you would have told me, you say, you know what, you're going to run a half marathon. I'm going like, no <laughs> way. Right, right, right. Never, you probably you would know. have not, you probably would have said, no, I'm not going to run. I'm, this isn't for me. That's right. That's you right. You would have rejected yeah. it because it would have been too outside of your norm. Right. You have to take those steps and not beat yourself up. Right. When, whenever something kind of goes, you know, not the way you want it to go. That's, right. I talk about that in the, in the book that, you know, look, if you start a week from now, if you look and go like, oh, you might say, I, I haven't accomplished anything. But even a month from now, you might go like, well, I haven't accomplished anything. But then when you look back where you started, right. you'll see that you've made progress, you know, and, and that's what you just keep improving as you go. Right. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and I like that philosophy of just the improving where you're at and knowing that some of that, it's not ever going to be a graph where it's a straight line you know, or a diagonal line up. It's like uh, yesterday or the day before, I was just like, I don't feel it and all that. And yeah, I said, you know what? I've committed to myself. I'm just going to do it no matter how little effort I can put into this working out or doing whatever. And you know what? I did it. And after I did it, I'm like, you know what? It wasn't the best workout of my life, but I did it, right? It was right. kind of like that, that recumbent bike. I was like, I was feeling so tired. I was like, I'm not looking forward to this, but I thought, man, how do I make it more fun and not put so much pressure on myself? And, it, and, and at the end of the 45 minutes, I felt great, right? Because I'd accomplish it. I got to check off a box right. on my list. And it was like, okay, I can do this, right? And I'll say the yoga has been interesting for me too, because it's just so, talk about the meditative part. I'm starting where I'm at. So everything I do in yoga, the description is always the same first word, which is gentle. It's gentle, blah, blah, blah. It's gentle, <laughs> blah, 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 right? But I'm looking at the app for the yoga. Yeah, you know, right. I, 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 it's always, and I'm like, okay, gentle means, <laughs> right? But I'm not going to sweat too much, right? Or I'm not going to die. But I have been impressed how it's interesting that meditative state you can get into, especially in gentle yoga, where you can start to feel sensations in the body. And since I'm doing so much hiking, that gentle mm -hmm. yoga is great for stretching and just oh, reco right. recovery. So for me, it's like, okay, this, this actually fits. So I guess one thing I would impart is like, do things that aren't your norm, right? I mean, like you running was not your norm. 
In fact, it was the opposite of your norm, just like yoga was the opposite of my norm, but I've found great value and great benefit in it. And then the same thing with scripture. I had never read scripture in my life until about a year and a half ago. And then all of a sudden I started reading scripture. I was like, you know what? I don't know necessarily everything I'm reading, but my life seems to be getting better. It wasn't even a necessarily a really spiritual practice for me or, or something where I was like, okay, I've got to do this because I don't want to go to hell. In fact, that has nothing to do with it. For me, it's like, how do I become closer to God or how do I understand God more? And it's like, well, there is this book called the Bible and I could actually open it and see what's in it. As I started to read scripture more, it all of a sudden it was like, wow, I actually just, my life seems to go better. Like, it's not that I never have any drama or any conflict. And that was something I would have never thought to do. So I guess I would encourage, you know, the listeners listening right now is like, what's some things that you think, okay, that is not me. And then just try some of it. You don't have to keep it all. I think that's the beauty of kind of what you're talking about here with this, this midlife. Mm-hmm. You get to reassess where we are, <laughs> right? right? You get to reassess and then we get to say, okay, what do we want to do? Because, you know, I'm, I'm 52. And so I've gone through that. COVID was the beginning of my reassessment of my whole life. Mm -hmm. And the catalyst for my move, right, was COVID itself. And it was like, okay, well, what do I want? I mean, it slowed down things enough for me to stop, to go, okay, I need to see where I'm at. And then once I did, I was like, okay, I'm not getting the results I want in certain areas of my life. So what am I going to do about that? Because it's not like I have an infinite clock. At some point, right. I am going to die. Years going to die. It doesn't matter. Even if I, I know my goal is 150, but even if I only live to be 80 or 90, yeah. at some point, even if I live to be 150, at some point, there's a due date on that deal. That's right. right. That's right. And so are we living on purpose or are we just kind of going with what we've inherited or what we think that we should do, which I was locked into both those things. I was locked into the, I'm doing it because it's something that I've always done. And I'm also doing it because I don't necessarily know what else to do, or I haven't really thought it, it was just, this is what we do every day. And yeah. so I actually was interviewing, um, Dan Butner with the, uh, who's the author of the blue zones, people where they live the longest, the healthiest. And I asked him, I was like, well, what do you do to live longer? And there's community, there's diet, there's mobility. A lot of the community has to be how mobile are you? How walkable? How, And part of what he said is if you're in an environment where those things aren't prevalent and aren't the norm, then you need to move. And at the time, Mm -hmm. I remember him saying that. I was just like, there is no way in hell I can move. I was like, I might have got kids. I've got a wife. I've got business. I've got all this stuff. (laughs) This podcasting gig does not pay the bills. This is what we do, you know, for our passion, right? To put good good vibes out in the world. And so little, little did I know about two years later, you know, I moved and it was it was a lifestyle choice. I just thought, you know, here I am in midlife. I've got to do something different or I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be 80 and I'm living somebody else's life. And that's, you know, and I still don't know what my life completely looks like at this point, but I'm starting with where I'm at to your point of your book. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's what the publisher, whenever we were talking about, it says under the title and subtitle, it says book one. And so, yeah, so he, the publisher was talking to me and when I kind of pitched the idea, they said, this is a good book, but we think it should be two books. And so the second book is kind of about like what you're talking about, kind of more the life readjustment, which is also what I went through, or actually I'm going through because of the, you know, when I left the paper, Mm -hmm. I said, you know, I've got to do 
something. And it's the same way that, that I want to help folks who are in that because I felt, I, I don't know about you, but when I felt when I was at the paper and I was thinking, you know, I really want to do something different, mm -hmm. but I felt stuck. I was trapped, trapped in a way, you know, because you got to have money coming in, you know, I mean, that's, that's yep. the way of the world, you know, it was a complete, you know, revamp for me. And so, yeah, the next book is about that kind of thing, taking a look at your, your life. Like I say, I want to, I want to help people take the lessons of my book and the lessons that I learned and put them into practice. And so I'm starting doing some coaching. And I'm also creating some online courses that people can take that kind of help to put that in place. And actually the first one is more in that vein because it's called regret-free living. When I left the paper, I just turned 60 and I was going like, well, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? I want my legacy to be legacy to be more than just, I worked at newspapers, you know, I was a newspaper guy, even though I love that. And that is very important. What uh, newspapers do. I like to think newspapers, you know, write the first draft of history. So I wanted to do something. And so that's why, you know, I want to help people. Yeah, totally. The name of your book again is Your Midlife, the playbook for your second half by Steve Devon. Um, where can people get the book? Uh, it's on Amazon. If you search for it, there's a link, of course, on my website. And the website actually is the same thing as the name, right? It's well, it, it, or midlifebook.com. That's right. You can find it there or um, stevethecoach.com. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I uh, appreciate the time we've had. And hopefully people, if they find themselves in a similar situation to you and I, they reach out and get the book and get some guidance. And then if they want to know more, they can reach out to you. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. And I've certainly enjoyed our time together and hearing your story about uh, hiking. That's, that's great. Well, thank you so much, Steve. Thank you for being a part of the Bright Vibe podcast. For more information, go to brightvibe.com. That's B-R-I-T-E vibe, B-I-B-E dot com. Thank you for listening.